Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Is worthy, yeah, he is worthy to be praised, to give 
to be given all the glory, the honor, the praise, majesty. Um, that is due him. You know, that, that song, I love that song because it's taken out of Revelation chapter 5. And uh, it's, it's about when Jesus, the Lamb of God, takes away the sins of the world. Um, there's a scene, John is looking at this vision, the scene, and the question is, who's worthy to open the scroll? You know, a lot of people think that a scroll was like the title deed to the earth. And um, anyway, and so needless to say, Jesus is worthy. Yeah, he is. And so I felt that it was fitting to open the show with that tonight, given the events of the last week uh, and the fact that uh, you guys are still here. <laughs> um, hey, just so you know, I've got Kleenex here in case I start to cry. You guys know. Uh, I probably will. It is what it is. Um, but hey, welcome to the show. Glad you're here with me and Bareface. It has been a week, I think over a week since we broadcast. Randall told me, I was like, do we have to broadcast tonight? Randall's like, yeah, we should probably do it. We haven't broadcast. We didn't broadcast last week. I go, we didn't. And he's like, no. I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess we didn't. So uh, anyway, just want to let you know that uh, I am here and I'm glad to be here. Um. So, I thought a lot about this, you know, a couple of days ago. Um, well, first of all, if you don't know who I am and, you, and, and you're new to the show, I'm the host, Stacey Lynn Harp. That's me. Um, and uh, my, uh, you know, my dad died last Sunday. Um, and I got to be with him, so it's been quite the interesting week of... Um, emotion and grief and joy at the same time um and it didn't happen like i thought it was going to happen and uh but it's all good it really it really is good so i uh so tonight i'm going to talk a little bit about that i'm going to talk about we're going to talk about the news i think our our country is in mourning at least half of it um and uh <laughs> that was supposed to be funny people um and we're just gonna we're just gonna talk okay so heart to heart, heart you know okay so but actually here's one of the things i want to i want to share with you you know this morning uh uh i i was reading the book of ecclesiastes and some of you are probably going really why would you be reading ecclesiastes when you're going through grief because you know isn't that the book about all is vanity nothing is you know everything it's all vanity there's nothing good under the sun it's all happened and you know and all that other stuff and and the answer is kind of yeah but all week I kept thinking about this book and there's there's a couple of reasons I was thinking about it one because it's short and I decided that this year I was going to read a book of the Bible, a whole book of the Bible on the weekend, right? So so I've read Hebrews. I've read um, the book of Daniel uh, and, and a couple other books. But so And so today I decided to read Ecclesiastes because one of the things that I've learned, and it's because I'm a late bloomer, <laughs> is that... Most of what we constitute as Bible reading these days, it's a verse. It's a verse here, a verse there, maybe a paragraph, sometimes a couple of verses together. But but it's usually not done in context and um, and definitely not the whole book. And yet, when these books were written, they were letters, you know, and big long scrolls that were sent to people that were supposed to be reading them. And, and they weren't divided into verses they were letters and so so when whoever got the book of ecclesiastes given to them um i'm sure they sat down and they read the whole thing right so so that's what i did and it was really interesting i was telling randall that um that i felt like i was sitting 
at the feet of an old man who is giving me the secrets to life, right? Like, this is what life is really all about. And I don't know about you, but um, having just spent seven years almost taking care of my dad, uh, who was in his mid-80s when I first came back into a relationship with him, and then having spent a lot of time in assisted living with a lot of elderly people, um, I've talked to a lot of older people. And it really is true what people say who live along, and that is that they wish that, ha- that they had done it differently. They wish that they had spent more time at home with their family and their kids. Um, and they wish that they had memorized God's word. They wish that they had gotten to know God better. They wish, you know, all these different things that people at the end of their life, they have regret. And, you know, I, I remember when I was a therapist, one of the, the questions I would ask couples that I did premarital counseling with, I would ask them this question. And the question is, is this the person that you want holding your hand on your deathbed? Because cause when you get married, that's ultimately the person you're picking to be with you until the very end. Because life is really about death. And and so today, as I was reading this book, that's one of the things that I got out of it. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, um, <clears throat> and this is in the Christian Standard Bible. <laughs> I'm just going to read it. Uh, it says here, a good name is better than fine perfume, and the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. And then it says, it's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, since that is the end of all mankind, and the living should take it to heart. I read that, and I thought, ooh, the living should take that to heart. The living should take going to a house of mourning to heart. And then it says here, grief is better than laughter. For when a face is sad, a heart may be glad. And I thought, you know what? That's interesting too, because I'm sad, but my heart really is glad. The heart of the wise is in a house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in a house of pleasure. And then it says here, it is better to listen to rebuke from a wise person than to, than to listen to the song of fools. For like the crackling of burning thorns under the pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This too is futile. And then it goes on, talks about some other stuff. But I remember reading these verses years ago um, because I'm a... I've been told like throughout my life that I'm an old, old soul in many ways. Um, You know, I take life very seriously, but I like to have fun at the same time. And it really is true, though, that that life is really about death in the end. Death wasn't the original. um, It wasn't the original desire for God for us but he prepared, he, he, he provided the propitiation for that. So, um, and then if you look, look later in Ecclesiastes chapter seven, it says in verse 11, wisdom is as good as an inheritance and an advantage to those who see the sun because wisdom is protection and silver is protection. But the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of its owner. I thought about that too. And I thought, wow, that's kind of, that's kind of deep, you know? So wisdom is as good as an inheritance and it's an advantage to those who see the sun because wisdom is protection as silver is protection. So a lot of people think money is protection. Um, But then it says here, the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of its owner. So wisdom is better than money. Um, And, um, of course, what you do with it, it can make you, um, it, it, it can do a lot of stuff. And then this book goes on to say, and, and I was sharing this with my friend Pam this morning. I thought this was interesting. 
Um, in chapter t nine of Ecclesiastes, it says here, and I'm just going to go ahead and pick up at uh, verse four. It says, but there is hope for whoever is joined with all the living since a live dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead don't know anything. There is no longer a reward for them because the memory of them is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their envy have already disappeared, and there is no longer a portion for them in all that is done under the sun. And I thought about that, and I thought, wow, you know, um, it, 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 never thought about it before like you know like like when I'm dead and gone all my emotions are gone all that's everything else is gone right um and yet what people hold in their heart <sighs> remains and then of course um I would be remiss if I didn't read the last verse of the book which says this it says fear God and keep his commands because this is for all humanity. For God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. And um, I have to say that um, I believe that. I, I believe the gospel. I believe the Bible more than I can tell you, I believe it. And, um, I just have to say that, um, you know, today I picked up my dad's remains and that was surreal. Kind of like, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Randall and me were driving down there and I'm having all these things go through my head, right? I'm thinking all this stuff and crying off and on, you know, on the car drive. And, and then, I get there and the guy hands me the, the urn inside this velvet bag, which wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> and, and then of course they gave me a flag too, cause he was a, a Korean vet, but, but I, I was like kind of humored a little bit by it. Cause I'm like, this is what it's come to really dad. I mean, here you are inside of a velvet bag <laughs> inside of a container, you know? And then when I pick the container up, it was really heavy I'm like, man, that's heavy. <laughs> uh, and yet, at the same time, I felt this odd comfort come over me as I held that. Um, and uh, it, it is, it's weird. It's, it's just weird. But I will tell you, um, that God is so good because, you know, he, uh, last Friday when we were called away, was it Friday? I think it was Friday. Yeah, it was, I think. Um, anyway, um, I was basically told that they didn't have any idea how long my dad had and so that I should go and visit him. So I went and I visited and he was, you know, comatose and then, um, and then, uh, Sunday, no, I guess it was Saturday night. Yeah. Then Sunday, I got up and went over in the afternoon. And um, I just felt really led to record what I was saying to him. And so I turned on my phone and I started talking to my dad because I asked Randall to leave me alone. And so I was telling my dad all this stuff, all this stuff like, like he taught me in life, you know, and the big lessons I'm learning and all this other stuff. Uh, and then the hospice nurse came in, gave him a shot of morphine, and then she left. And then <clears throat> I continued my final thoughts verbally to my dad. And then all of a sudden, this immense peace came over me, and I saw a tear come out of my da dad's eye. And... Uh, and, and the Holy Spirit just fell on me in such a powerful way. That's honestly the thing that I was telling Randall that I can't explain it. It was different than when my mom died. And it was kind of like a, a 
for lack of a better way of putting this, I'm not sure how to put it. It was almost like, I mean, something definitely fell on top of me. And whether it was angels wrapping their arms around me, my dad's spirit, I have no clue. I don't know. All I know is that, um, that it was okay. It just felt, it felt okay. And, but then I, I was brought back to where my dad was and he wasn't breathing. And I'm like, I think he's dead. So I was just kind of in shock. And then all week, you know, um, our group in the morning has ministered to me every day. Um, and to those of you guys who are watching, you know who you are and you know I love you and that I wish I could give all of you hugs. I just do. And then my pickleball community and my church and my Bible News Radio audience, all you guys, my Legal Shield audience, uh, my friends in Legal Shield, you know, a whole bunch of Legal Shield friends of mine um, called me. And I mean, the <clears throat> it's kind of overwhelming. But I appreciate it. Because that's what love is, right? And, um, you know, and my, my dad would be pleased. He would, you know, my dad loved my show. He loved what we do here. Um, he cracks me up because, you know, I tried to get him to watch it on the internet, but I couldn't get him because, you know, figured that. He did not die of COVID in case anybody's wondering, did he die of COVID? The answer is no. My dad died of Parkinson's and kidney failure. That's what's on his death certificate. And, um, yeah, and, 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 he, and he was 92. Uh, he lived to be a very old age of 92 and he lived, he lived it well, you know, and it's funny cause I will, I want to speak to the whole life thing. Cause you know, yesterday was the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Um, and I have to tell you that, um, the issue of abortion really goes beyond abortion. It goes, it goes to the sanctity of life, right? A lot of people would have looked at my dad and said, well, that man has dementia and Parkinson's and, you know, and, and he's old. We should just put him down because he's worthless, right? Unfortunately, a lot of people would say that. Uh, people who don't have the Holy Spirit residing within them would definitely say stuff like that. Um, but I'll tell you what, you know, I didn't grow up with my dad. I didn't have that blessing. But God brought him back into my life almost seven years ago. And... I didn't know him when Randall and me took him in. I mean, I knew, I knew who he was, but I didn't know him as a person. Um, but I got to know him through his old stories and through the dementia, but even more so through his character and through his demeanor and through his attitude and through um, observing him, you know? Uh, and... There's a few things I want to pass on from my dad to you. Number one, pray. And I mean pray. <laughs> that was one thing he pounded into my head. Number two, worry makes it worse. So don't worry because it's just going to make it worse. Um, he modeled exceptionally well never speaking ill of another person. And I can honestly tell you to the day of his death, I never heard him say one bad word about my mother, which if there was one person in the world who could have or should have, it would have been him. Not one word, not one bad word about my dad or about my mom from my dad. Not one. And I was with him a long time. Um, you know, and of course, have a sense of humor because just saying you got to have a sense of humor because without a sense of humor, 
life is really too serious, just so you know. So my dad had a great sense of humor. He actually has my sense of humor, or I guess I have his because he, he was older than me. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I found this video of him that I found on Instagram a little while ago that I had of him. And he was cooking eggs, and I asked him if my eggs were better than his, and he said no comment. And I implied to him that he was saying that my eggs weren't as good as his, and he said he didn't. He never said that. He said I chose not to say anything instead. And the reason that's funny, even though you might not think that's funny, the the reason that's funny is because my dad used to own a restaurant that he built, and he was um, an entrepreneur and he was a really good cook. He enjoyed cooking and he could cook way better than me. And the thing is, is when he came to live with me, he had to endure my cooking because I'm not a cook. I'm not a crook either. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have that snarky little clip of him to remind me that he was a better cook than me and that's fine. I don't mind that. My dad taught me how to golf, and uh, <clears throat> I was pretty good at that. Um, yeah, my dad loved cars, which you probably already know, because that's all he would talk about is cars. Uh, and um, he served honorably in the Army in the Korean War, uh, and he will be buried with honors or however they do that with taps and all that in a few weeks when I get that set up. But, um, you know, it is a uh, uh, good thing for a man to go back into the ground, which is also in the book of Ecclesiastes, by the way. You could go look it up. So, uh, so there you go. That is uh, just a few thoughts. Um, you know, I just want to say thank you to all of you out there again for... Um, you know, just supporting us, loving us, and praying for us. I'm sure I have harder days ahead as well, but um, uh, this week has been rather surreal, and uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate your support. So, unfortunately, we're not on YouTube because YouTube has given me a strike on our channel. This week, we did a show about Pizzagate a while back, and uh, quite a while back. Um, either it was reported or something. I don't know, but we can't broadcast on YouTube, and they want me to buy their premium service, right? And I'm like, do I really want to give you people money when you keep banning my show? Anyway, um, uh, so yeah, so I don't know how many of you are actually watching this because I can't tell. Not very many, because when we first started uh, streaming on Facebook, because of the Andrew Peterson song, they stopped it. Oh, they did? Yeah, and then I had to resume it. Hmm. Uh, so right now, it looks like we've got, um, I see two on Periscope. Okay, well, uh, I, don't, I don't really care. Anyway, but uh, we've still got Twitch, we've got Facebook, so... All right. Well, do you want to share? I mean, you. This is your father-in-law that died. And, yeah. Um, I appreciate you sharing from uh, Ecclesiastes, and I like the part about better to go into the house of mourning than the house of feasting. You're like, what the heck? You know, this, <laughs> who wants to like go to a funeral as opposed to go to like a Thanksgiving feast or you know, birthday party, whatever? But I think of it in terms like. Uh, you know, juvenile rehabilitation of this scared straight kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, where they take the kids into prison and hear from prisoners to, I think the same way, you know, those of us who just don't think about death at all, uh, just go on our merry way. You know, it's good to, uh, is my mic level pretty high? Cause I see it like going way up to, no, it's actually less than it normally is. All right. Well, we'll, whatever uh anyway so in a similar way 
And I think it's good to think about the brevity of life. I think it's what Psalm 91 that tells and says, teach us to number our days. Um, I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, when you get to be my age, you know, there are fewer days ahead of me than behind me, more than likely. I mean, at least in this, in this mortal body. Um, and so with that comes a, uh, and uh, whatever motivation, I'm looking for another word, but you want to get my age, you know, it's hard to <laughs> vocabulary didn't come as quickly. Anyway, there's, um, you know, there's a motivation. There's, um, a more of a sense of urgency to, you know, make something with this life to be a better steward of the life that god has given to me and gives me every morning which may not be here you know tomorrow but um unfortunately it usually takes that you know the midlife crisis or people get older and you talked about the beginning you know speaking to older people and the regrets they had so even though it sounds like a downer i think it'd be good to get teenagers to going to more funerals <laughs> things like that to say hey you know the clock is ticking um and of course you know in ecclesiastes you know solomon concludes that um basically finding your work uh in the lord and uh I'm grossly paraphrasing. I'm trying to think exactly what it says. You just read it today. Um, can you help me out there? Well, throughout the whole book of Ecclesiastes, basically Solomon writes that, <clears throat> at least most people think it's Solomon. There's debate over that, actually. Oh, okay, whatever. The, but the preacher. That, um, that basically work, enjoy your labor, enjoy the fruits of your labor, but don't work for working's sake and to earn money because it's never going to be enough. And right. in the end, you should fear God. And, well, it says, fear God, keep his commands. Because this is for all humanity, for God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. And it's interesting here, too, because um, uh, it says here... Um, Oh, here's another interesting thing. It says, Indeed, if someone lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. And let him remember the days of darkness, since they will be many. I thought that was interesting, too. Uh, because, because he's basically saying, you know, it's a blessing to live a long life, but you're also going to have a lot of dark days living a long life. Um, <clears throat> my... He goes on to say, rejoice, young person, while you are young, and let your heart be glad in the days of your youth, and walk in the ways of your heart, and in the desire of your eyes, but know that for all of these things, God will bring you to judgment. Mm -hmm. Remove sorrow from your heart, and put away pain from your flesh, because youth and the prime of life are fleeting. So remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of adversity come, and the years approach when you will say, I have no delight in them before the sun and the light are darkened and the moons and the stars and the clouds return after the rain on the day when the guardians of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, the women who grind grain cease because they are few and the ones who watch through the windows see dimly. Th this is beautiful language describing how somebody's getting older. Yep. Um, and I love the I love this because because like the wind like walks in windows as it gets dim it's like your eyeballs you know uh -huh. um, it says here the doors at the street are shut while the sound of the mill fades when one rises at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song grow faint also they are afraid of heights and dangers on the road the almond tree blossoms the grasshopper loses its spring. And the caper berry has no effect, for the mere mortal is headed to his eternal home, and mourners will walk around in the street. Before the silver cord is snapped, and the gold bowl is broken, and the jar is shattered at the spring, 
and and the wheel is broken into the well and the dust returns to the earth as it once was and the spirit returns to God who gave it and then he says here absolute futility says the teacher everything is futile and he says in addition to the teacher being a wise man he constantly taught the people knowledge he weighed explored and arranged many proverbs the teacher sought to find delightful sayings and write words of truth accurately. The sayings of the wives are like cattle prods, and those from masters of collections are like firmly embedded nails. The sayings are given by one shepherd. But beyond these, my son, be warned. There is no end to the making of many books, and much study wearies the body. When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this. Fear God, keep his commandments, because this is for all humanity. For God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. This is a beautiful book. It is. It's, 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 and I'm going to be reading it a lot more because, because that's my, that's my thing. I'm reading the whole thing on the weekend and this coming week, I'll probably be reading parts of it and just, because it really is beautiful when you. And and I today again I saw it in a different way like I've never seen it before. I mean, of course, thinking of my dad, but I was just thinking of life in general and how, um, you know, people say there's chapters in a book, you know, so there's chapters in your life. Well, I think I I believe there's, you know, a chapter just ended in my life with my dad, and now I have no parents that are living here on Earth. Um, it definitely is weird to not have living parents because even in my mind, my dad, when I was having a bad day, even though my dad couldn't do a darn thing for me physically, mm. I could just go show up and just be with him, just sit in his presence and feel safer, mm. you know, and, and feel like, okay, my dad's here. I'm good. I can get through this because even though my dad couldn't do anything else, just being in his presence made me feel safer that's cool yeah so there you go yeah I love the, you know the conclusion <laughs> of all that you know it isn't a downer book the part about all this vanity and striving after the wind is that when the pursuit of life is just pleasure i'm going to accomplish this and i'm going to do this i can become that and then it's like yeah you and everybody else and at the end of the day, what does that get you then to life, really? What does it get you? Really nothing more than anyone who didn't do that. Um, and that's kind of, well, the conclusion is that fear God and keep his commandments. That's going to lead to the, the best life. Because the, you know, you follow the owner's manual, basically. You know, the maker, the creator of heaven and earth, and the one... You know, we are created in his image, uh, male and female created he them in his image. Uh, so following his instruction is going to lead to the best quality of life. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I was just thinking too about, about my dad and how my dad always loved me and I always knew that, but there was about a uh i'm gonna say initially there was probably a mm, 14 15 year period where i didn't have much contact with him because of the divorce and then after we got married there was a little bit of contact you and me yeah, yeah with dad and then not much and then really um Interestingly, this is a weird thing. Every time I had contact with my dad in my adult life, it was due to death. When his third wife died, I was there for him after that. And then his fourth wife died, and that was um, that was this last time. So it's so in a way, it's kind of came full circle that I was there for him when he died. So just it's just kind of weird to think about. But my dad loved me. And that's the one thing I never heard growing up was that I was loved. And uh, I don't wallow in that, but there is something different when your parent blesses you and loves you and tells you that they love you. You know, uh, my dad loved me for sure. 
I have no doubt about it whatsoever. My dad, he was really proud of me and he loved me and he was happy that I was there and he called me his baby and I am his baby. I'm actually his firstborn and, uh, um, yeah, so one of my friends uh, in the morning told me that, that when you're with somebody, when they pass on to eternity, that it's an honored position. And uh, um, they said that I honored dad till the very end. And I thought, I didn't think of it that way, but yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's just weird. It, it is just, it's, it's really, it's just weird, but it's all good, you know? And the thing that makes it good for me is that I knew that my dad loved the Lord, you know, uh, my dad, he knew the Lord. I have no doubt about that, especially after being with him when he died. I have no doubt whatsoever. Um, so yeah. So now the question is, where do we go from here? People. <laughs> Uh, well, we talk about America and that we have a new president. Yeah, we do. And a new vice president, the very first female vice president ever in our country. Uh, or we could just say goodnight. And, you know, because <laughs> it looks like the show is not being watched or seen by anybody at this point. Oh, it's not live. They'll catch the replay. Yeah, well, I, I don't know, but... Um, um, for me, uh, earlier I was just looking at the, the White House site just to see what... Yeah. And just looking at the priorities for the Biden-Harris administration, immediate priorities. And then I thought, huh, I wonder what things were, you know, about this time, the beginning of the Trump... Uh, Pence presidency, you know, whatever administration, uh, what if there was a similar thing? So it is kind of interesting. Um, see, I'm gonna pull this up and no commentary, just it's just it just is what it is. Um, um, forget, it. I'm not gonna bother with the caption there but uh you know the biden harris administration immediate priorities is on whitehouse.gov uh covid19 of course that's a that's a big thing president biden will qu move quickly to contain the covid19 crisis by expanding testing safely opening schools and businesses um, and taking science-driven steps to address the communities. Anyway, and climate is an immediate priority. That um, you know we need to tackle the climate emergency. The Biden administration will assure we meet the demands of science while empowering American workers with and businesses to lead a clean energy revolution. Racial equality. That's. Uh, immediate priority and of course the White House can make that happen um, economy that's always about the economy but uh, but this is all about providing relief to those who are struggling during the COVID-19 pandemic there's, there's a there's a novel idea Healthcare is an immediate priority to expand, well, to build on the Affordable Care Act. Uh, on the success of that, it doesn't say the success, but anyway. And then immigration, to reform immigration. Um, keep families together, welcomes immigrants, and allows people across the country, both newly arrived immigrants and people who have lived here for generations, to more fully contribute to our society. And then restoring America's global standing is immediate priority. Um, rebuilding democratic democratic alliances across the globe, championing Americans' values, America's values, and human rights, and equipping the American middle class to exceed in a global economy. All right.
so that's that. And so I was wondering, well, in January, uh, you know, 2017, <laughs> going back uh, four years ago, I know what were the sort of the incoming administration, what were the things there, and um, the issues, it didn't say priorities, issues coming in, let's see if I can make it a little larger. Uh, but America, this is via the Wayback Machine in the Internet Archive. Uh, so America First Energy Plan. Um, um, anyway, sound energy policy begins with recognition that we have vast untapped domestic energy releases right here in America. And the Trump administration will embrace the shale oil and gas revolution to bring jobs and prosperity to millions of Americans. Um, a little different still an energy sort of a priority but uh looking for at independence rather than an overhaul of the supplies of energy america first foreign policy uh rather than putting uh, america in a global uh player in a global sense you know an america first foreign policy uh, bringing back jobs and growth, making our military strong again, standing up for our law enforcement community, and trade deals that work for all Americans. So just a little bit of difference in the um, the two administrations. But it just goes to show, if you look at the things on the surface, and I'm not going to do any more at this point in the program... <laughs> not going to do any more, but you know when you look at it, I mean it's not like one or the other are evil, you know things, and they're all about destroying, you know, ending lives and establishing a global dictatorship. Uh, neither one of them, uh, and that just comes down to. You know, talking about division that we've seen. And I think that a lot of people put too much, invest themselves uh, emotionally and whatever, uh, just invest too much of themselves in the current administration, uh, whatever that administration might be, and place their identity. <coughs> In, in a political party or particular things. And as you were reading and reminding us from Ecclesiastes, you know, um, you know about what was important, that the end of the matter is this, support a great president and the right political party and, you know, no, you know fear God and keep his commandments. And there are going to be, you know, the situations come up in politics, locally, where it matters first, people. And then, you know, the county or state or federal level, uh, you know, which we need to certainly support those policies that are more in line with fearing God and keeping his commandments. Um, but that... You know, to put our put our hope in any kind of political system, I think, is a bad move. And so, my comment on the two is just you know, people you know aren't looking. Uh, I don't think any party is looking to destroy America or destroy the earth. You know, they just have their ideas and what the hey, Mister, what's right for you know. Uh, trying to make a more perfect union with different here, priorities. Come here, mister. Stay over there He's by you. not talking to me, by the way. He's over here behind my chair now. Come here, Bubba. You want your bone, mister? Come here, baby. <laughs> there you go. Watch out. They're waiting. Don't right here. Don't right here. Don't right talking here. Talking to a dog, just so you know, you people. There you go. Okay. All right. Forgot to give him his treat. <laughs> I love my bubba. Okay. All right. So our audience in Periscope has just doubled. Woohoo! Two people? Four. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
Well, anyway, so the the one thing, well, there's a lot of things I could talk about, but I will say. Pick two. Well. Any two. Only two? I've got ten minutes, so. (sighs) Well, the first and most important thing is that I really want you to consider how much time you're spending in God's word. Um, Look, you know, I know that some people think the Bible is a book of fairy tales, blah, 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 whatever. But here, here's something I got, I just, I just gotta, I, I just have to share this because, um, okay. So last night I got an email from a friend and Last night, I really wanted to just talk to somebody. I really did. I just wanted to talk to somebody, anybody. Um, really, that's not true. Actually, specific people. But I I wanted to just share my heart, right? But at the same time, I didn't. Because I was like, eh, Like, what good is this, you know? <laughs> Says the retired marriage counselor. What good is talking, you know? I mean, just saying. What good is it? Uh, but there's there's this thing I learned about years ago called the ministry of presence. Okay. And what the ministry of presence is, is just that you show up. Um, and I was laughing about this earlier because last week, well, I guess technically this week, um, each day in the morning as I'm in this God time together, Bible reading accountability group. Um, uh, there's been some people reading the book of Job and one of my favorite verses in the book of Job is near the beginning of the book where it says that Job's friends all came and they sat with him for one week and did not say a word. And um, I love that verse because they did it right for that one week. And then when you read the rest of the book, Job's friends are just going, blah, 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 blah. You know, you did this and this is why this happened to you and it's because you did that and blah, 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 blah. And they have all their theories and, you know, they're telling Job all this stuff and Job calls them miserable comforters. <laughs> it's kind of funny because it's like, yeah, you suck as a comforter, just so you know. <laughs> anyway, earlier, <laughs> I, I... I had made the comment to these friends of mine. I said, you know, just as long as you guys don't turn into Job's friends, I'll be, I'll be happy. <laughs> and, and everybody, you know, basically laughed. They said, don't worry, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to be Job's friends. Okay. We're not going to be like them. Why that's funny is because you have to know who they were <laughs> in order to even say that. If you have no clue who these people are, then you're like, what? You know, what are you talking about? Um, but it's so all I have to say that despite my my want, um, what I really needed was to spend time in God's word. And rather than talk to anybody else about what's going on in my head, to listen to what God has to say in my Bible. <laughs> And, you know, there's a couple of things that have been really interesting to me in the last couple of months. And that one one thing is that most people don't read their Bible, right? I mean, even Christians who think that they're reading it, they're going to new version and they're ripping out the verse of the day and posting it on Facebook or whatever. You're not reading the Bible. You're 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 reading one verse and 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 it's it, it's not enough. It's just not enough. And then a lot of people read devotional books, right? Written by man. And they might have a Bible verse in there or two, sometimes three. But again, it's not reading the Bible. It's reading the words of man. And that isn't going to build your spirit up. It's not going to bring you comfort because because it's mostly man's words. Anyway, all week, though, I've been wanting to read Ecclesiastes, so that's why I went and read Ecclesiastes. And I will tell you, what's interesting is that my preconceived ideas about Ecclesiastes still held true, because, yeah, I did see, you know, all is vanity, blah, blah, under the sun, blah, 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 whatever. 
But it was really different because I read the whole thing and God answered my concerns in that book and then reminded me of some other issues by reminding me of some other stuff I'd read earlier this week in a different book. So my encouragement to you is to read the Bible and keep reading it because all the answers to life are in the book. And not only that, but the Lord teaches you and speaks to you through his word. He will talk to you if you open the Bible and read it and take time to read it. Um, you know, I kind of, I kind of equate it like this. Okay. We're all on our trip somewhere, either to heaven or hell, right? If you're a follower of Christ, disciple of Christ, you're going to go to heaven, but I don't know about you, but I want to know as much about him before I get there. And when I meet him face to face, then I will know, you know, like in first Corinthians 13, it says, now we see a mirror dimly, but then face to face, um, we will know in part, but then we'll be fully known. You know, it, it, it's like, uh, you know, I want to have all the facts, you know what I mean? Um, when I love somebody, just so you know, I find out what they like. I find out what makes them laugh. I find out stuff about them that's important to them. And then I try to bless them with whatever that is, right? Because I love them and I want to know them and I can't wait to meet them, um, you know, or, or be with them or whatever. You know, I, I want to um, know them. I want to know them, right? Um, and I just, it's just one thing I don't understand about a lot of believers is it's like, okay, you say you love the Lord and you say you're a Christian, but you have no desire to read the word of God. And I'm like, well, how is that possible? If you love the Lord, then you want to get to know him better. Right. Um, so anyway, that's my one encouragement and it's not a condemnation at all, by the way, it is a, um, encouragement to, to be brave enough to open the Bible and read it. And if you don't understand it, ask God to help you to understand it. And he will. He'll help you to understand it. I mean, it's kind of weird that way. You know, God is not a cosmic bully upstairs in heaven going, you know, got you to give you this book to read and I'm not going to help you understand it at all because, you know, you're just going to have to figure it out. In fact, that would be Nebuchadnezzar. Just saying. <laughs> You know, uh, I think it was Nebuchadnezzar, right? Yeah, who who dreamed, and then he wanted the wise men to tell him what the dream was, and the wise men were going, hey, what you're asking for is completely impossible. I can't tell you what your dream was and the interpretation. Who can do that? Ah, but yes, there was a God in heaven who gave Daniel the gift of interpreting dreams and knowing what they were, and Daniel did because the Bible says he had the holy, he had the spirit of the holy gods in him and, uh, and all that. But God isn't that way. God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die on our spot, to die for, well, not really even die on our spot, but to die for our sin, which is what separates us from him, right? He offered up Jesus on the cross so that his blood was shed because there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And he willingly did that for us because he loves us so that we would have access to direct access to the Lord. Right. Um, and it's, it's the gospel is a beautiful love story. You know, and, um, so read the, read the Bible. That's, that's, that's all I want to say. Okay. Just read the Bible people. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll get into some more news. We'll talk about that. Um, but in the meantime, read the Bible. If you need help, let me know. I can direct you to some people that can help you. Uh, I am have, I do have a, a class on Thursday at seven o'clock. If you want to come and read the Bible with me, then 
you know, hit me up on social media and I can get you all signed up for that. Um, other than that, I don't know what else to say. I'm really tired. Um, I'm going to go to bed soon and I hope you guys have a good rest of your night. And of course, Bareface is, you know, the one that, uh, um, ran our show and produced it. And I thank him for that. And if you've watched this far or the replay, thank you. Um, yeah. So there you go. Thank you for listening to me talk about my dad for almost an hour and, um, and go read your Bible. Okay. So go be bold, stand up and go with God because he loves you. But the only way you really know how to be bold, stand up and go with God because he loves you is if you read your Bible, people. So please go read your Bible. Okay. I'll see you tomorrow.